It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Tune in to the Bridging the Gap radio show. Hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon, live every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Be a part of this challenging but life-changing show discussing men versus males, educational issues, parenting tips, and learning how to be faithful in trying times. That's the Bridging the Gap radio show. Hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon, live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Call in and be a part of the show at 347 855-8867 on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Remember, positive communication is the key to success. Powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. This is the 15-minute lunch break with Pastor Hugh J. Harmon here on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Again, I want to repeat, I trust and pray that this 15-minute lunch break segment has been blessing you, has been inspiring you, has been motivating you. This is Pastor Hugh J. Harmon from Bridging the Gap with Pastor Hugh J. Harmon every Sunday at 5 p.m., but I've been blessed with the privilege and the opportunity to come every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 noon to inspire, encourage you, and motivate you for the rest of the week. So today I want to talk about the idea of there being a blessing in brokenness. Have you ever heard that, that there's a blessing in brokenness? The 34th Psalm and the 18th verse says simply, the Lord is close to those who are of a broken heart and save such as are crushed with sorrow for sin and are humbly and thoroughly penitent. That's how it's rendered in the Amplified Bible. Imagine awaking one morning and realizing that all you have lived for was a lie. I was recently viewing clips from a popular television talk show. In one of the segments, there sat a fairly attractive young lady, a blonde bombshell by all accounts, very sophisticated in her appearance, speaking confidently about a life-changing experience that she had. She began to recount to the host what sounded to me like a dream life. She came from a pretty well-off background with both her parents having been highly educated and professionals in their respective fields. And as a result, her years occupying the nest were days of relative comfort and ease. She wasn't necessarily wealthy, but she also wasn't anywhere close to being in the throes of poverty. A few years after graduating from college, she met the most charming man. She fell head over heels in love with him. And before she knew it, they were running down the aisle and she was soon lifted over the threshold into wedded bliss. But the story doesn't end there. In fact, it really hadn't even begun yet. She then related a life that sounded like an indefinite honeymoon. He was both a prominent, wealthy physician and had no problem or misgivings about spending inordinate amounts of money on her, lavishing her with gifts and insisting that she need not seek employment. How much better can it get? The farthest thing from her mind was betrayal. The farthest thing from her mind was the thought that this man really was not who he said or who he appeared to be. And the day that her life took a change for the worse 
was probably the most unlikely timing on her part. It was her 30th birthday, if I recall correctly, and her husband had planned an over-the-top celebration. He was going to fly her and a group of her closest friends and family to the Greek islands. That's how he was rolling. On his private yacht somewhere out among the European Isles, he was going to give her the best birthday gift she ever had. But on the days leading up to the big trip, she commented that he started to act strange. He was very moody, walk around, seemingly depressed. What could it be? He had the wealth. He had the gorgeous wife. He had the prominence. He had the prestige as a leader in his field. But yet still, he was troubled in his conscience. I know it's a long story, but I'm going somewhere. Nevertheless, the day of the trip came and all involved were jetted off to the European Isles and everything seemed to be on track. But everything for this woman was actually about to be derailed. She was about to be knocked totally off the track and onto the dangerous third rail of rejection. On that first morning after arriving on the Greek coast, her beloved, wealthy and supposedly best friend of her husband was nowhere to be found. She had gone to bed together. They had gone to bed together that night. But in the morning, she arose and he was gone from next to her, never to be seen again. You heard that right. Never to be seen again. Can you imagine the sensation that must have gone through this woman's mind? How it must have been a few days later or a week or even a month after when she realized that this man who had been the bearer of her dreams and the answer to her childhood aspirations to be treated like a queen was gone and without a sign, a symbol, or a clue of where he went. Everything she had taken for granted as the wife of the wealthy doctor now hung in the balance. Every convenience that she had grown to expect over the years was now potentially unavailable to her. She changed from a picture of confidence to a visage of brokenness, with tear-soaked eyes and tear-stained cheeks. From where she stood and given what she was saying at this point in her life, she could never see the blessing in her breakup. She could never see that this episode was for her eventual good because all that she was feeling now was an emptiness that brought with it sadness. This woman was the epitome of broken. She was wounded in the seat of her emotions. She was left with the proverbial why and the desire for that why to be answered as if the answer would relieve the pain, as if it would somehow restore what she now saw as great loss. Have you ever been through a situation like that where you lost or failed or were disappointed by someone or something or by some situation and you just wanted to answer why, but you realized sooner or later that knowing why really didn't help your depression, really didn't help your feelings of sorrow, anxiety, and really didn't help you feel any better than defeated? This woman's story is a story of many of us today, rich or poor, prominent or obscure. The most difficult task for us is to recover from the train wreck of brokenness. And before recovery could begin, we also have to get to the place where we even see the likelihood of restoration taking place. And of this all being a lesson to make us a better man, a better woman or a better child, a better spouse, a brother, brother, whatever. Can you stand to be broken? just to be made new. That's how you um, get to the place of understanding the blessing in brokenness. Can God possibly have a blessing of renewal in store for me, even in the moment or occasion of my utter wounding? 
When one considers the likelihood of experiencing the episode of brokenness, we must really ask ourselves questions concerning the kind of perspective that we should keep in these incidences. Believers and unbelievers alike must agree that a life lived is a life that has seen its share of broken promises, dashed expectations, and wounded spirits. In fact, that's a sign of maturity when you realize that people are going to break their promise to you. You're going to have some expectations that aren't met and you're going to get wounds in your spirit from time to time. There's no prerequisite of salvation or spiritual rebirth in order for one to be entangled in brokenness. But there is a spiritual requirement for one to come out on the other side of it all better off than when you entered in. If you entered in spiritually sick and God allowed the encumbrance of brokenness, then he intended it to be an eye-opening experience that would bring you to an understanding of your fragility in his presence. We're fragile. We're vulnerable in God's presence. But the Bible says in his presence, there's fullness of joy and at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There's access to joy in his presence, despite our fragility and vulnerability in his presence. He did it so that you could come to a place where you saw your dependence on him as paramount to you experiencing life in his fullness. However, if your experience of brokenness were a direct result of your willful practice of sin, your appreciation for the blessing hidden in brokenness will be far less likely. In this case, you could only see the negative side to the brokenness. You could only see what you are losing rather than what you're gaining. You could only see what you're being deprived of and not what you're actually being preserved from. (laughs) You caught that, right? Some things you're being preserved from, but in your eyes, you're being deprived of it. What does it mean to be broken in the eyes of God? We live in a day and an age when to accept brokenness is considered a sign of failure. It is seen as shortchanging oneself. We throw away most items the moment they become broken. Gone are the days when an incident or an item becoming broken meant that a repairman of some sort would be employed to fix the problem. The age of repairmen included repairs of items as small as jewelry, watches, to shoes and appliances, and especially to automobiles. However, today the repairman is a rare commodity. This is due to the advent of self-help books, do-it-yourself guides, and to plain just buy a new one philosophies. We find it hard to stand and wait for repairs to be done to something that has been broken. The work of a repairman is no longer valued. We would rather spend the money to purchase it entirely new. We throw away the broken goods of our life and we look to buy new goods. The Bible says in Revelation 21 that he that sits upon the throne says, Behold, I make all things new. He doesn't throw us away. He remakes us again. It also says that we should walk in the newness of life and serve in the newness of spirit. We have to understand that the Bible does speak of experiencing the new and of living in the new. It speaks of the new commandment to love one another and the new commandment of us being a new creation of the new fruit of a new name and of God doing a new thing. But we must also understand that there's something that comes before the new. There are some things in us that must be broken and then mended into that new thing. God is concerned about the residue that remains after our hour of brokenness because it is upon this residue that he builds our life anew. Before I experience the new, I must break free of the old. God is concerned about your heart. He's diligently seeking the hearts of men to see who is in pursuit of his heart. 
God judges the contents of your heart and not your outward man. He judges the contents of your heart and not your bank account. He judges your heart and not even your mind because your mind can usually be the thing that takes you on a path away from God. Now that we've come to an understanding the necessity of us experiencing brokenness, how do we find the blessing in it? How do we overcome the thoughts of regret and the painful feelings that come with it and grow to appreciate the blessing that God has placed in the midst of the brokenness? How do I begin to channel the hurt of a wounded spirit to see that there's a measure of good in it that far outweighs the bad that I feel? We can never do justice to the subject of brokenness without ever referring to the biblical teaching and perfect example given to us with regard to the subject as per the life of Jesus Christ. You may be listening to this broadcast and you find yourself in the camp of those who would consider themselves unbelievers. However, that does not negate the fact that the story of his life is one that speaks of complete goodwill. The fact as they stand related by Christians worldwide or as According to the essential Christian doctrine backed by quantifiable leagues of historical evidence, profess of a life that was phenomenally good in relation to any human standard of moral correctness. Recognizing the example of his professed life is fundamental to one's understanding of the idea of living in the blessings of brokenness. Just to think of the sacrifice that Jesus had to endure as God. He had to contend with collapse and immensity that he was to the insufficiency that man was. We get a peek into the blessedness of brokenness every time we consider the trial of scorn he went through from his own people on the account of his assignment here among us. Jesus was the blessed of the Lord. In fact, we believe that he was the express substance of God's announced blessing upon the earth. He declared that he was called to minister salvation, healing and deliverance to the brokenhearted. He was the great physician sent to bring healing to all that were broken. Believe in God or not, believe in Jesus's deity or not, and you still have to recognize that he did many great indisputable wonders and signs to restore wholeness to many a broken man and broken woman. Jesus said, if you don't believe in me, believe on me just for my work's sake. This is not discourse to convince you to believe in Jesus Christ, but rather to bring you to a place where you can appreciate the places where praise is necessary on your part, even when you feel the pain of being broken. You don't have to be a Christian to appreciate that there must be an inkling of joy somewhere in that rebellious child rejecting your authority and making a run for it on their own. It can all be gloom and doom because that would mean it can't all be doom and gloom because that would mean that life is essentially unfair. You don't have to be a believer to feel deep down in your soul that it probably was a good thing that the relationship didn't work out. That relationship which you had so much invested in. That didn't work out because deep on the inside, you found out that you were doing things that were compromising your integrity. The blessing and brokenness is to be found in the salvation it brings. Sometimes being broken could be an avenue by which God alerts us to and saves us from the ultimate demise that we were destined to fall into sometime down the line if we had stayed in the place we were in. Being broken can be a method by which God fixes someone's eyes on him. What does Jesus say about being broken? What does he teach about the concept of preparatory trial sanctioned by God? We get into a discussion and discourse on brokenness as it pertains to the calling of God upon our lives. 
We must make clear distinctions from the harmful acts that are designed by the enemy to destroy us and the providential will of God designed to equip us. What I've learned in my few years pastoring, believing, trusting, devoting my life to the Lord is that he'll use brokenness not to break us, not to destroy us, not to tear us down, but he'll try, he'll plant a blessing in the middle of our brokenness. This is a 15 minute lunch break with Pastor Hugh J. Harmon. And I want you to know there's a blessing in brokenness. God bless. Tune in to the Bridging the Gap radio show hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon live every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Be a part of this challenging but life-changing show discussing men versus males, educational issues, parenting tips, and learning how to be faithful in trying times. That's the Bridging the Gap radio show, hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon, live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Call in and be a part of the show at 347-855-8867 on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Remember, positive communication is the key to success. Powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.